The following podcast is presented in audio format only. Therefore, viewer discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to Unhinged, the podcast that will have you going mental as we talk about life and all its twists and turns. With your hosts, the guys from the Blue Room. Yes, Doug and Ed. And now, Doug and Ed. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Hello. Um, I'm Ed Caggiani. I'm not. He's not. I'm Doug <laughs> Warren. Yes. So. Yes. Glad I got that. This out. is our very first podcast. Um, we'll need to explain a little bit about who we are. Um, my name is Ed Caggiani. Um you said that already. I said that already. Thank you. I'm very repetitive. Uh, I'm also very repetitive. Yes. <laughs> I say things a lot. Uh, I tend to say things a lot over and over again. <laughs> he does. I do. It's one of the things that got us real close. Yes. Real so, close. Uh, just some background. Um, Doug and I know each other uh, from college. Uh, That's me. I'm Doug Warren. Yes, you said that already, too. Oh, it's catchy. It is. Um, it is. So we actually met um, in, in one of the dorms in college when uh, uh, I saw Doug outside an elevator with a guitar. And I play guitar, and he plays guitar, and we started chatting. And it Wrap was a time around that. That's 1988? Uh, yeah, 88. Let's say 88. Uh, so we, we started talking that one night and I, I remember, uh, that we, we ended up talking till like three in the morning. I think it was, uh, all from just, Hey, you got a guitar. I play guitar. Let's chat. Uh, we ended up becoming best friends and have been ever since. But do you remember, do you remember by the way, uh, when you first realized that or how long in? Realize that I have memory issues, so we'll get yes. into that eventually. Why? Uh, but do you remember? Remember? Can you? Rem I want to know what somebody who, with a, with a normal human's memory, a clear memory, a regular memory. You know, um, how much detail you can remember? Well, I do remember that it didn't take long for me to realize. Hey, this is a. This is a you know, pretty special friendship we've got going here. Uh, and interestingly, it wasn't until years later, to be quite honest, that I actually realized that, uh, you had some, uh, mental health issues, uh, depression and, and things we'll get into later. Um, but it was interesting to me because looking back, especially because the, the first, the first year that we hung out, uh, was just awesome. It, everything was new. Everything was, was fun. Uh, we were playing in a band together. Uh, we were partying it up in college. Uh, I'll throw in that that was the first year that I felt socially accepted. A little bit before meeting you, but just months before meeting you. Before that, I was a complete social phobic. So it was a completely new, it was almost like a newborn it's kind of, thing yeah, and, and I think part of that is also the the newness of being on your own for the first time going to college. Yeah. At least at least for me, that that was the most exciting thing about those times for me was 
hey, I'm, I'm actually on my own. I'm, I'm making my own decisions and my parents don't, uh, you know, aren't there to, to tell me I can't do something. Yeah. And that's what a regular person feels for me. I don't know if I felt that way. I, I, I cause I kind of just, uh, whatever happened, I just rolled with it. I didn't, yep. I didn't have that control thing. So I don't know if it's the same, but go on. <laughs> so, so, you know, long story short, um, college happened, uh, we graduated, uh, we coincidentally both happened to live in Florida at the time. Um, I had just, my family had just moved that, that, uh, my first year in college to Florida. Uh, well, so, again, relate how coincidental that is. We both graduate college and just coincidentally your family's moving half an hour from where my yeah. whole nuclear family was and I was for years. Yeah, it was, was amazing. Pretty amazing, like fate. Yeah, it, it was it was crazy because usually you make friends in college, then you go home, and you're you're you know several states away, and you don't get to see each other till you go back. Uh, but this one this time was was different because hey, my family happened to move to to Florida the year I went to college, and you happened to live about half an hour away from where my parents moved, which well, they they had moved. Okay, they had already lived there when we met. Yeah, basically oh, the that. the okay. year I went to college, uh I was in I was living in Pennsylvania, um but that year my parents moved to Florida. So after my when the first break from college came, I wasn't going back to my Pennsylvania home, I was going back to a new home that I hadn't seen before in Florida. Right. Uh so lots of changes happening that year. Um, but it was cool because, hey, you know, uh, break comes, I go back to uh, Florida, new house and everything, and cool, I can go visit uh, my new college friend who's only half an hour away. So right. it was very cool because we could spend summers or spend time, you know, outside of college and also in school. Right. Um, so, yes, coincidental, uh, but it was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, but then the, the interesting thing is how, how our lives have diverged. I mean, just crazy different lives, um, since college. Uh, and, and that's stuff, you know, we can get into details later, but, uh, we're in a way we're very similar people, but we're also completely and radically different in many other ways. Give me an example. Uh, well, I don't get depressed. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Um, I, so you don't, do you mean that in any personality in certain ways that don't have any, uh, relation to mental illness and such? You mean in my family? Or no, as far as the differences between each other, you're saying that in, in, behavioral ways in certain ways that don't have anything to do with mental illness as well? Oh, um, well, I mean, we have a lot of the same, same ideals, I think. Yeah. Um, so we're very similar in, in, in a lot of ways in, in the way we think about things. The, um, you know, the fact that we both play guitar, we have a lot of things in common. Uh, and I think the, the differences are more, um, about, uh, I guess, things like career and uh, what I like in that respect. Um, 
I don't know. It's hard probably, to explain. They're, they're, they're life issues that, that uh, if mental health was not in the picture for me, we probably would lead very similar lives. Yes. Yes, and, I, I agree yeah. with that. Uh, I yet, think you're right. Yet, yet with mental illness, and as we get talking about it, we're talking mental illness to the highest level, which is a bad thing, but but even with that, having still maintained, even though it's not in person, because let it be known, I haven't seen you in 17 years, yet we've been 19, 19 years. 19, right, 19, we just figured. <laughs> and, and yet we still have the moniker as best friends. Right. How is that possible? Because most friendships wouldn't have a chance for a year, let alone 19. And we'll t- we can talk about you know, one of your friends who you know has had his, is going through his mental illness issues, mm-hmm. and that didn't last. Uh, and normally they don't, not necessarily your fault or their fault. So how the hell did it last? I, I well, for one thing, I, I and I don't know if this. I give you all the credit. Well, I'm I, lucky that way. I, I don't know about that. I mean, to me, it's just. Friendships, but a friendship, you know. Um, But uh, I think one of the things is, you know, we live so far away. I'm I'm in Silicon Valley in California, and you're in uh, Toronto, Canada. Right. Um, So, like they say, you know, um, the the fact that there's distance between us and that we don't see each other every day does, in a way, kind of keep things uh, a little bit more fresh you know uh i don't know that's that might not sound good <laughs> no i'm kind of sad <laughs> really no i know what you're saying but but i think the quality of your character i think it wouldn't i think it would uh have gone the same way even if we were local but i don't yeah. know i guess it's, uh, it's hard to really be sure of that yeah hard to say um anyway uh, so yeah, we haven't seen each other in person in 19 years. Uh, yet, uh, you know, when we talk, it still feels like you know just a month ago. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. Um, so when was the first time that you realized that um, you actually had any sort of mental illness, or de- when did you first feel depressed? That's a good question. Well, you go through a, your childhood, so you don't really know you're mentally ill or have an, anything that's different from anyone else. You're just trying to sort of stay above water. Right. But I know that I, I knew that I was very different from anyone else from the time I was six or seven years old. Really? Know, that small. early? Oh, yeah. I was when I was first probably sent to summer camp, my first torturous experience. You know, I was just a complete, like a leper, just, uh, I was a very, uh, just weak, uh, meek uh, child with, un- with no sense of self-worth or confidence. So uh, just like animals, you know, the, the strong prey on the weak. Right. Uh, children are no different. People are no different. Children are no different. Yeah. So I knew it when everyone was playing baseball and, you know, like when you have that, 
the two teams and they're picking people and you know you got the last guy who's picked and he's because he's the fat kid or the biggest nerd or whatever mm -hmm. i just was never even picked yeah it's just like it's like so i i knew that so i was off like in the woods somewhere by myself daydreaming and pretending while they were playing baseball so that's interesting because i always was the, pretty much the last person picked or or pretty close to the last person picked in school for any sort of sporting thing in gym class uh, because I'm uh, not what you'd call athletic. <laughs> <laughs> You're flat-footed. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> the but bricks. no, I was never into sports. I'm kind of a lazy guy. I just, uh, it wasn't my thing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I was terrible, you know. They'd pick me for, you know, kickball or softball or whatever in gym class um, last, and, and sure enough, I'd be the worst one on the field. But you weren't detached from others. You were still part of the, you know, the kids. Yeah, I mean, I, I always had my group of friends, and uh, there were always other kids that I wouldn't be friends with that I'd kind of look at. I guess, you know, the popular kids. Um, I was never part of that group, but I always did have a group. Uh, a close-knit right. group of friends at every school. We moved around a lot when I was a kid, so um, I was made a group of friends wherever we moved. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I I never would, you know, they pick me last, I'd be like, well, so what? Big deal. I know I'm terrible. I would pick me last. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's interesting because, you know, for you that, that became a, a way to, to kind of um, detach yeah. Right. Um, whereas I just kind of wrote it off as a, you know, that's not my strong point, so I'm not going to worry about it. I think I can't even picture even thinking that. It just automatically my thought would be, well, I suck. You know, I just obviously I'm, I'm not as good as other people. Whatever, just that string of thinking. Yeah. And you didn't have that? This didn't affect you in any uh, you know, it might have affected my self-confidence. Um, you think it did overall? To a degree, especially back then because, you know, you're a kid and you want to fit in. And, you know, I've always struggled with my weight and, uh, you know, being a lazy kid, that's going to be a problem. Um, and so I was self-conscious about that. always, you know, trying to hide that I was overweight or whatever and, and uh, feeling a little bit ashamed um, but it never, never got to the point where it affected me beyond just feeling, you know, self-conscious. Uh, and it wasn't until college actually that, uh, a lot of that started, you know, my confidence started to build, um, just from being on my own, being away from people that knew, uh, my brother, which actually, you know, that was an issue for me. Uh, was that my brother's only 10, 10 months older than I am, so he always had, you know, the same teachers a year before me, and they would always compare me to him. And then he'd, you know, all the all the kids in school would know him. He was a very popular guy, and uh, they would always call me, you know, Dan's brother. Uh, so I didn't feel like I had a real self identity, identity until yeah. I was on my own in college when I was able to you know, explore things on my own and make my own decisions and realize what I like and what I don't like instead of either trying to emulate my brother or just following in his footsteps because 
that's the thing to do or whatever. So I kind of rebelled in that sense uh, and kind of swung the complete opposite way um, as far as, you know, likes and dislikes from, from his point of view. Um, So we're very different today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Liberal versus conservative and that sort of thing. Um, Which everyone can relate to uh, having siblings uh, often can relate to, I should say is, is just, you know, I'm the creative one and he's the math one and Yep. And that's just yeah. Very different people. But you were close, close knit family. Yeah, yeah, we always were. Um it, it But was as n- you get older, you know, you 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 have some limitations to how close you get, even though your brother is how much you would consider yourself as friends as well. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because at my wedding, uh you and my brother were co best men. <laughs> yeah, I felt I got gypped there, but yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it was interesting. My mom wasn't too happy with that. She's like, you, "Your brother needs to be." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> did she feel that way? I didn't know that." Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it was my wedding, so. <laughs> See, no one ever really, you know, I think about meeting your parents, you know, after establishing this, you know, crazy close friendship, meeting them, uh, you know, again, I can never be myself even just by myself. So getting into a social situation, like no one's ever really known me, I think, except for you, because when I met your parents, like, I'm just completely just a ball of self-consciousness, you know, like, uh, just... um. Presenting myself was just mm-hmm. impossible because of what I believed about myself. So I was never really myself. So I think a lot of people just didn't know what to make of that, you know? Yeah. So I'm sure, I don't know if they sensed how uncomfortable I was, but... Uh, no, I, it was a weird time, though, because, uh, you know, my mom, is she's, she was the, the typical Latina mom, you know, the, the family's the most important and, you know, you got to... Uh, stick to your roots and all that sort of thing. And um, I kept wanting to go outside of that and, you know, explore other things. And uh, I think there was a point in time when you and her were not so much fighting, but, you know, she, she, I I just distinctly remember her saying once to you, why are you trying to take him away from me? (laughs) See, I don't, I remember, like, I sense a little, Remembering a little tension, but I don't have evident, you know, any memory of that. Yeah, it was early. It was early on. Um, yeah, and it was when I just wanted to, you know, uh, go out and have fun, and yeah, and you were a part of that, and and she just wanted me to kind of stay home with the family at the time. Uh, it was you that know, was probably hard for her too. Getting just getting you back from college, right? Because her kid left, you know, all those years, and then they end up moving, and mm-hmm. this kid was all of a sudden latched himself to you now lives only half an hour away right so it's like yeah it was kind of like even though they had moved funny we cleared that up earlier they had moved before we met but yet it's almost you know, like yeah. to her conspiracy that took you away plan make sure you move close to me so i can grab him and take him away from her <laughs> <laughs> it was none of that yeah um but anyway uh ultimately um, she ended up loving you, um, and my dad too. And me, her, yeah, yeah. 
she was you had a you just uh, she was amazing amazing yeah. cook I know that <laughs> I couldn't get Hence enough of that problem. <laughs> <laughs> and your yeah. dad is pretty damn good on the grill but oh, yeah. uh, she was an amazing woman just full of life and energy and yep. just just awesome yeah but I saw I saw the combination of her and your your father and the dynamic they had and how you could have come out of that it's pretty special yeah and and I think uh, and I you know I agree I I my parents gave us a great life and and we were always very close um and i i i would com- want to compare that to how you grew up i mean um i met your parents around the same time uh i thought they were great um and we it's know, what's it's what's under the hood that's the key <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I wonder how much how much does family life uh, affect what how you you end up in life? Like you know, do, do you think uh, that the environment you grew up in affected your mental health, or do you think it's more chemical or uh, just biological? Well, it's a combination. We'll get into that, obviously, and the yeah. type of depression this is. But uh, neurology, uh, when it's a serious form like this, in a rare form, it, neurology is is uh, is ultimately its cause. But uh, family life, yeah, that it's uh, it both equally uh, are are responsible how you're formed. You know, it's yeah. all of the you know they say you know when you're for example they say when you're 14. That's the year, whatever music was going on then, that's the most important year of your life for music. Hmm. Whatever you heard when you were 14, you hear those songs now and it's the most emotional response you'll probably get. Same way as when you're five or six and the things that you were told by your parents, those are stamped in. Those are, yeah. that's where Ingrained. your learned behaviors begin. Yeah, and and form deep into your subconscious and your and your mental makeup so a lot of it was my parents had a it was a very close-knit family we always had whatever we wanted uh but but they had a hands-off approach to parenting we'll say mm. and i know your parents were not that way at all no not really so this, so it's there's a you know people have to really get down to the inner dynamics of the nuclear family before you judge because what you might see as this close family, you know, inside of it, it could be completely the opposite, which in my case it is. Yeah, that that's interesting. Um, and because it's something that, you know, I didn't notice um, at first. You know, I thought, you know, your parents were great. We we had a good time. There were definitely a lot of cultural issues, I guess. Difference differences in uh, in culture. You know, your family's um, Jewish, and my family is <laughs> Hispanic. Um, you know, there's some crossover there, but uh, I think there's. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Some people like rice. Some people. Like matzah, you know. Yeah. There are, but you know what? The difference is with, like, with Jewish. It's it's, um, you know, with I mean, Hispanic and Jewish is you can't even compare those. Because one's a religion, one is a yeah. You know, so it's funny the way we label that, or you labeled it even. 
But, yeah, no, it's true. But you know, I mean, just a lot of people just think of, uh, you know, they, they classify Jewish not just as a religion, but as a cultural uh, sort of yeah. thing. So, well, that's what, that was that was really my point is that it's like more cultural than is religious, you yeah. know. And and many 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 people who are living in those Jewish, you know, we end up. I don't know. It, it is the same way. I think it, with with Hispanic people or with African American or different. You know, very different uh, cultures. You know, you, you tend up kind of being in the same neighborhoods. Yeah. You know, which is a sociological, you know, normalcy. But it's you know, for us, we're and and whenever my parents mentioned their, you know, I remember growing up and hearing names, and it was always Goldberg, the Steins, the Kleins, the whatever. <laughs> you know, they were like, oh, we're going out with the O'Learys tonight, or you know, the Rodriguez is coming over. You know. <laughs> Actually, they wouldn't sound that way, would they? No. <laughs> the Rodriguez's are coming over. They're bringing rice. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's it's uh, they're mostly reformed, and they go to a temple because it's the thing to do. It's, it's those what four or five major holidays, uh, you know. Whereas you know, with your culture, it's more it's more uh, all around. It's more a, a bigger part of your life, don't you think? And yeah, and it's all about food. <laughs> and God bless that. And the yes. Jews are like that too. Yeah, that's true. Except, but I'd much rather have a rose compoyo than a tongue sandwich. <laughs> you know, because I don't know. I, don't I, like, I like both. I, you know, I want. Have you had tongue? I didn't realize I you have, had tongue. Yes, I have tasted tongue. <laughs> and it has tasted you. And it has tasted me. <laughs> I I want a, a a matzah taco. Do they have those? <laughs> oh God! Yeah, don't only. That's that's the Mexican people. They're different. <laughs> so it's interesting, though, because um, now it, I just remembered, uh, I think it was our freshman year in college, you got a delivery from your family uh, that was during, um, you know, I guess during <laughs> Christmas time, but it was uh, during Hanukkah time for you. And it was all this Hanukkah stuff. And you opened it Wait, up. Wait, hang you on. Were I'm, ma- I'm going to test Hang on, I need to test my mic out. Hanukkah. <laughs> Hanukkah. How does that sound with the level? Uh, it's a little little staticky, but yes, I, it, okay. it comes through. <laughs> it's like that in real life, too. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> but I, I vividly remember you opening the package, seeing that it's a bunch of Hanukkah stuff. Sorry, Hanukkah stuff. <laughs> and Please tell me I burned it. You were so mad. You were like, I've told them I'm not Jewish. I don't believe in this religion. And you just trashed it you just threw it in the garbage and picked it up again and threw it again and picked it up again you were like really going going to town on it yeah and that's when i because i don't think we had talked about it before but that's when i i realized that uh okay i wasn't in rabbinical school yeah you're you're not a religious (laughs) person (laughs) um which for me that's great because i happen to be an atheist so to me that was um (laughs) <laughs> that was yeah another thing we had in common um and you were just frustrated that your parents kept pushing that on you even though you've you said that you told them you wanted no part of it yeah so. they're very close-minded people as a as a whole mm-hmm. what do you think of the rectum as a whole <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question to ask anybody is, yeah if you run out of conversation that's always a good question to ask somebody to ask somebody Ask somebody. Exactly. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, I, I'm surprised. I don't remember that, but I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, it doesn't sound like not me. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the hell they would have sent, but I'm sure that was the last try on their part. I think I think there was a yarmulke in there. There were some candles. Uh, there was a menorah. Little plastic yeah, one. All, yeah, all these these you know meaningless trinkets. Yeah. It's because it's basically like you're. You know, it's, um, I mean, you have a bar mitzvah at 13. That's when you're supposed to become a man. Mm -hmm. I'm still not a man. I'm 47. You know, this year I'll be, uh, isn't that weird? Whenever we turn a certain age, we always say we're a year older. That's weird. (laughs) And then we can always say, well, we're on 47th year. Right. But I, I always do that for some reason. We're always trying to get older. And then you get old like this. Because uh, my life with this whole mental health thing, uh, and I, I think I just tangent. It was a huge tangent. I think there was it. Was it a rickety segue? Because <laughs> this is the ADD. Sometimes I can't recognize that. But you know, uh, and with ADD, I forget what I was even rickety saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then, uh... do we have to replay that? <laughs> What's that? Because I'm. Yeah, what was I saying? By the way, you haven't repeated anything in a long time. I haven't so it's repeated anything. Better. It's, it's getting better. You didn't have to just say that. I said it already. You did say it already. You did say it already. I know, I know that. I know that. <laughs> okay, as far okay, we're we're going off now. Um, what time we 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 are coming up at uh, twenty nine minutes now. So, uh, well, actually, we're almost done. We're almost at half wow. an hour. Uh, so anyway, this was just an introduction, uh, kind of giving people an idea of who we are and uh, what we're going to be talking about. Um, I think you would a, safely say this is uh, will have a, a lot of weight in uh, long-term friendships, family, mental health, and basically sociology and how you feel about yourself and how you relate to other people and all that good stuff. And how to make depression fun. All right, I'm going to throw up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's the depression song. Yes. The sad trombone. The depressed trombone. Yeah, me being forced to play trumpet as a kid, too. That didn't help my coolness any. Hey, I played trombone, so I wasn't I wasn't one of the cool kids, believe me. Um, yeah, the only thing about the trombone is you need long arms for the spit valve. You do. It's very true. And I had short arms. So mm. I played coronet. <laughs> Extra value is what you get. I was going to wonder you if you'd lead to that. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're old like us, you realize that commercial has been on for about 20 years. <laughs> yes. Yes. <we laughs> I don't are. think they make coronet anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I think they might. Well, I'm in, I'm in Canada. What about uh, Anison? No one takes Anison anymore. Anison three, three tablets. No, no. Anison, Anison three. three. Yeah, Anison or Nuprin. No, and I'm Nuprin. Yeah, Little I remember. Yellow, different. <laughs> well, that'll be one of the shows. Is our tribute to old commercials. Ah, that could be fun. <laughs> and the milkman. People still say, "Oh, what does the milkman look like?" Yeah. You know, what do you? F- f- Born in the 40s? 
Anyway. Yeah. Um, so now uh, we're just about uh, running out of time here. So just to wrap things up, um, we'll be getting into those topics, uh, trying not to get too deep and sad and uh, dark. Uh, but sometimes you do have to. But we will try to make some things a little more lighthearted, uh, bring in some jokes. Well, like uh, like John Holmes in the 70s, we are going to let it all hang out here. Well, you might let that all hang out. I will just be producing. <laughs> it's okay. It won't affect anything. That's our show for today. And uh, stay tuned for the uh, next show next time. <laughs> <laughs> God bless. After that religious conversation. And God bless everyone. Just blessings all around. Yes, blessings. Just blessings, that's all. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye, everybody.